It's time to open the palace doors and Jedi rock. It's time for Creatures of Return of the Jedi. Strap in Anaheim and come take a ride with the best panel at Star Wars Celebration. Featuring live on stage, Blast Voice, Kirk Thatcher, and Tom Spina. They're talking all the weird aliens of Jabba's palace, including Weeba Weeba. You can't beat that deal anywhere. Creatures of Jabba's palace, Sunday, May 29th, 2 p.m. in the Twin Suns room, only at Star Wars Celebration. celebration. I think the fact that people care so much and they put so much of themselves into the things that they create, that's something that I tell everybody who doesn't know anything about celebration is you just can't believe what people actually make and the time and effort and care they put into things. It's really extraordinary. All of you are part of the Lucasfilm family. You are the most important part. When you see all these little kids and you see the look on their face, this is what I did it for. It never ceases to amaze me, your support, your enthusiasm, and your passion. Over the years, I've felt such love from you. You're more than just fans, you're family. Fans and move milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 311 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And it's Gabe. And we were just discussing how incredibly awkward these intros are. So let's just get <laughs> into it here with our very special guests for celebration tips, tricks, everything here. We're joined by Caitlin and Charlotte from Sky Talkers. I think this is what our third? Is it our third, third time? Yeah, I, I think, think third so. time on your show. It could be, but like definitely not. I think it might be the fourth or fifth time recording together. Yeah. 
I think it's fifth. I think you're right. It's great. <laughs> yeah, because I think you've been on our show three times and we've been on your show twice. Well, three times counting this time? It's all coming together. Feels organic. Feels great. Yeah. Well, we're super happy to be here for whatever time. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. We are huge Blast Point super fans. I feel like I say this every single time. So we're just really glad to be here, as always, to talk about some things <laughs> <laughs> regarding celebration and make some points. Well, and what's what's great too is I feel like like everything with this celebration 2022, we've been planning this episode for like two, three years or something where we were, I think in, for the 2020 celebration, we were like, oh, we should do like a tips and tricks episode because we've never done one. And that would be so great. Like all get together. And yeah, finally celebration is happening and this is happening. So the ultimate tips and tricks with blast talkers. <laughs> blast talkers take episode five. Sky points. <laughs> so as of recording this, we are like 20, days away from when we all leave by the time it comes out it'll be like what 15 days or something crazy like that oh gosh how are you folks how are you both doing not well <laughs> um barely keeping it together on an on the verge of a nervous breakdown i feel like and <laughs> at every angle <laughs> but actually like so excited in all actuality and we are keeping the to-do list going and yeah, we're really, really excited as the panels uh, start to come out and there's more to sort of grab on and be excited for. I think Caitlin and I just are unbelievably excited. What about you guys? Yeah, we're just trying to keep it together too. It's it's coming fast. It's it's barreling towards us. <laughs> At the speed of light. And I, and this one, like I, like I was saying, I feel like this one is extra special because it was supposed to be 2020. And I think when it got announced in Chicago, we all were just like, oh, my God, next year? Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> we never – of course, no one knew what, you know, what the next two, three years were going to be like. But it's just made this one more special. And we've all just been – waiting for this moment like i when i remember when i got like my first second third vaccination it was just like for celebration good you know like, yes <laughs> yes it just became this thing to hold on to you know getting it moved to may 2021 and then you know august 2021 and then now it's just like it was the thing that kept us going i think in a lot of ways well, they moved it to August 2022 and then they moved it up and that was like, oh my gosh, it's sooner. This is going to be... Yeah. I can't even keep track of when it was being moved to. Was... I know because it's all, it's all a blur. But it... I was just thinking it through. I'm like, was it ever August 2021? Yeah. I don't even remember now. <laughs> Regardless, like it really was something to hold on to. It's, it was the only thing on the calendar that we could all look forward to. And I, I really think that it's going to make this celebration so unbelievably special in a way that we've never experienced before. And I know that we're all here sort of veterans of past celebrations and we've all been to different ones. And this one I feel like is going to be like no other. Well, and it's going to be neat too, because we've talked about this, how, you know, over the years, every so many years, kind of the feel of what Star Wars is at the time is different and kind of the feel of what the Star Wars celebration is is different and it seems like with this long break and in addition to kind of Star Wars moving to TV there's a lot about it that's going to feel different than the ones that have come before which makes it even more exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
the fact that like last time we were at Celebration, we were looking forward to the end of the sequel trilogy and we hadn't seen any footage from The Mandalorian until that Celebration. And now we have two seasons of The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, a brand new animated show that we didn't even know about back then, uh, a whole slew of like extras, visions. It's just like we have so so much changes within Star Wars these days in such a short amount of time. And I just feel like this celebration is going to be really special because we're just entering a whole other era and it will be sort of defined or pinpointed by this specific celebration. Yeah, it feels like we're coming into, yeah, a, a turning point. Are we going to learn about the return of Star Wars on the big screen? And I think it was like we were saying in our Celebration 2 episode too, it's, there's that stuff, but it's also... We nobody's seen. We haven't seen each other. Like we haven't been in like physical presence of each other in so long. And like you said, it's so true that so, this celebration was the one thing on our calendars that like this little bright spot where it's like, well, if I can just make it to May of 2021. Well, it's just it's going to be so great. And I remember thinking about this so much before, like throughout 2020 and 2021, especially like when we were all like at home all the time of just how grateful I was to have this kind of online community kind of built in already for us, like going into the pandemic, it helped a lot to have this community that I was used to communicating online when everything shifted to online. But at the same time, I was also used to seeing people in those, in those communities every year, more or less every other year. So to have this huge gap of time without getting to talk in real life with a group of people who I talk with pretty much every day online about Star Wars. It's like, wow, I've missed that so much. And honestly, I'm so looking forward to that of just talking to people about Star Wars in real life without a Twitter handle next to your picture. (laughs) I feel like we need that. I, 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 you guys were talking about how on, on your amazing celebration two episode, how special celebration is every time you go, it really reinvigorates your fandom. It re it's just the best like X amount of days possible. You, it's like nothing you've ever experienced before. And it's just sort of like euphoric is the only word that I can use to describe it. And I just, we need that after just the the past couple of years. And it's really crazy that it has been three years since our last celebration. Um, like that's a long time. <laughs> it is. And I think we said this before where it's it's wild to think about that we're in like episode 311 here. And when we went to Chicago, we were in like the 160s. And we've done just as many episodes from Chicago wow. to now as we did when we started the podcast to Chicago. And that's really mind-blowing. <laughs> so wild. Wait, that's actually us too. We were on our 100th episode for our celebration podcast. And now we're on two, 247. So, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> oh my God. Whoa, that's, that's freaky. Yeah. I think too, Jason, we haven't seen each other like in person since last celebration either, have we? Oh my gosh. No, not, not in person. No. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we talk every week for three years and we have yet not looked not seen each other for since then so that'll be crazy well i'm so excited for you guys you guys are gonna ride indiana jones oh and live your best life i know <laughs> i can't imagine not seeing charlotte at least once a year yeah like, oh my gosh <laughs> it is funny though how like 
talking to someone week to week for an extended period of time um, does supplement a lot of that feeling of not spending time with your best friend. I mean, because you do spend time with them. It's just in a different setting, you know? It's just virtual. It's it's just interesting. I think about that a lot, actually. Yeah. And it does weird things, yeah, to your sense of time because it does seem like, well, I've, I just talked to you the other day, but really, in, you know, in person, yeah, it's been years. <laughs> well, Charlotte, Caitlin, let's talk about your celebration journey because, like you mentioned, we're all celebration veterans Gabe and I have been to a bunch, you've been to a bunch, but we haven't been to a lot of the same ones, which is really cool and fascinating. How did the celebration experience begin for you both? What were your early experiences with celebration? How did this whole thing begin for you both? We've been to three celebrations. This will be our fourth coming up. So our very first one was in 2010. Um, and then we went to 2017, 2019, and now 2022. Uh, but 2010 was our very first one. And we were kind of talking a little bit about it before we before we started recording as a group. And this one is just, it's such an interesting celebration because it was like the biggest thing at the time was Clone Wars. It was two years before the Disney sale. It was just, it was such a weird like lovely, small, what's going on kind of vibe at that celebration. It's hard to explain. And Charlotte and I also missed like the first, it was like our first week of our senior year in high school. <laughs> we we missed the first weekend and everything that was going on then to go down to celebration. And um, yeah, we had no money. It was just vibes for us. We were just there to have a good time. And it was a good time. It was great. We met Carrie Fisher. We met Mark Hamill we dressed up. It was like our first time that we had been in an environment like that with so many intense Star Wars fans. And I think that really just like cemented our love of Star Wars to be lifelong to the fact that 12 years later, we're still here talking about it and have a podcast with it. But that celebration is so special. It's the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. The first one that we went to and it it was... It was just really a really interesting time because we were in the throes of the beginning of the Clone Wars. The the new season that was coming out was season three. I think Caitlin and I were just talking about this actually about how they were revealing the new looks for all the main characters, and that felt like a really big deal. It was a big deal for Caitlin and I. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that panel wasn't even in the big room, which is so weird to think about, especially thinking about the popularity of something like the Clone Wars now and its impact on so many fans. And we were so jazzed about all of that. Um, but there was no Disney sale. There was no future movies. And Keelan and I were like totally fine with that. <laughs> we were just there to experience it all and uh, sort of look forward to the future of what was going to come out. And yeah, we definitely made some mistakes, but we were also really young. And uh, I think it wasn't until 2017, we lived the live stream life from 2010 to 2017. And it was, we dedicated a lot of time to watching the live stream. And it sounds stupid, but I'm sure people who are listening can relate to watching the live stream and like planning an entire weekend around it. And it was so worth it. And the fact that they do that or have done that in the past was really beneficial to us because we were in college in finals and couldn't go. And it was um, really necessary for us to catch up on all the different panels that were coming out of the Rogue One panel where 
it was let uh, do you remember that panel that was yeah. li- it was live streamed that uh <laughs> the spoiler that everyone died at the end I remember watching it live and it, it happened live too and being like what oh my, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oops. yeah oops the oops of it all um but yeah, for our next celebration was 2017, which Caitlin and I have talked about endlessly to the point where if you're a Sky Talkers listener, you probably know that this is a very, it was just a tumultuous celebration for us where we made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And I, I feel like we'll talk about it throughout this episode too, but yeah. Yeah, it'll yeah. come up. It was an emotional roller coaster. It was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't, so we have we have learned from that experience, and we're here to talk about that experience <laughs> and what we've learned from it, so that you don't make the same mistakes <laughs> as we did. But then 2019 happened, and it was the best ever, and we had the best celebration of our life. But it was so busy; we were so exhausted and so busy, but in the best way. And that it's just crazy that now, like our first celebration was 12 years ago. Feels like a long time, and a lot has changed. It'll be. I feel like 2022 will be the real test for Charlotte and I because we had such highs and extreme highs and lows in 2017 that going into 2019, we were like, that is not happening again. Like we were very diligent about how we, I guess, like thought about going into that celebration. We were so conscious about not letting 2017 repeat itself. So it'll be interesting to see how 2022 goes. (laughs) And if, yeah, because I don't know if we're that conscious about it right now. (laughs) No, we're not. Not in the same way we were going into 2019. So, but the thing is, is that a lot of the things that were, um, that we failed at in 2017 aren't even in place anymore for the new celebration. And we're talking like overnight lines and just, stuff that messed up and that doesn't even happen anymore. So, yeah, that's a good point though, that, cause that is a huge change that, you know, as maybe frustrating as it was for some people who were used to the old way when it changed, it's definitely for the better. And it does kind of radically change what your preparations are because it's not like you're planning on, you don't have to plan for going camping anymore. Yeah. It makes it way more accessible to so many people and also lets you enjoy your night before, (laughs) which you didn't really get to if you wanted to sleep out for a panel before and with the possibility of maybe getting in, maybe not. I mean, that was awful. (laughs) There was definitely like a bit of a learning curve, but it was the first time they did it and it wasn't, Mm -hmm. it wasn't a hundred percent, you know what I mean? Of functionality as it could have been. But overall, I think once like by day two, it was, it was great. (laughs) It was, it was just so nice to not have that control in a weird way as even speaking as someone who likes to have control over the plan and you know what we're doing for a celebration it's nice to kind of leave that up to the force well before we start getting into the individual tips of all the details let's just what would you both say is the one philosophy that people should have going in if they've never been before if they have been before and they wanted to experience it differently this time? I think we've kind of condensed our celebration philosophy into like a couple of, I guess, key phrases. It's know why you're there, go with the flow, badge check, and walk confidently. Um, (laughs) Know why you're there. We'll talk about this more, I think, later. But know why you're there is about how you prioritize your day, which I think is important. Go with the flow is the opposite of that, of things are going to change. It's okay. You're going to have a good time. Badge check is a personal one for us because, again, 2017, 
Charlotte and I both lost our badges like literally six times between the two of us. Multiple, multiple times. And it's because of the flimsy little clips on lanyards, okay? And <laughs> don't get a flimsy clip. <laughs> get get a good lanyard. <laughs> Charlotte and I don't, um, in our friendship, we don't argue a lot typically, but um, that the badges, <laughs> we argued a lot that we get. <laughs> um so Charlotte and I have this thing now when we're ever, whenever we're at a convention, we'll just be walking around and yell at each other, badge check, um, to make sure that your badge is around your neck. Um, it's a cornerstone of our con experience now. Um, and what was funny is last year at our 2019 celebration, we talked about this on Sky Talkers leading into 2019 celebration and listeners would come up to us yelling at us, badge check and just like walk away. And we would both be like, oh my God, badges, where? It was like a jump scare. It was great. It, was. <laughs> it really was a jump scare. We didn't lose our badge yeah. once. We should clarify that I'm psycho about this now to the point where I'm wearing two yeah. lanyards with two clips for yeah. one badge. <laughs> so It was... You know, if you've been at the celebration badge desk in tears more than once in a celebration, you just, you become a little psycho about it. (laughs) And also they're more important than they've ever been because they have a QR code attached to them and they scan them. In 2017, it wasn't even like that. And we were still in tears (laughs) about it. So So bad. It was so bad. Yeah, so badge check is really important for us personally. And then Walk Confidently. Um, Walk Confidently was the highs of 2017 celebration in that um, walking confidently, like you know where you're going, sometimes it can open doors for you that weren't previously open. So we try to take that mentality with us into celebration too, really into any con we go to. But it's nice. It just, I don't know, like you're supposed to be there. You know where you're going. You're not lost. Yeah, know why you're there, go with the flow, badge check, walk confidently. Badge check's an extra good one, too, because it doesn't necessarily mean that you lost your badge on the show floor either, because you can also just as easily forget it in your hotel room. Yeah, that has happened multiple times. Oh, my God. <laughs> to, to me as well. It, the good thing was I got to ride one of those like tricycle uh, taxi things in Orlando to get back to my room to get the to get the key. Uh, to get the badge, but yeah. <laughs> and Gabe, don't forget too that I sleep with my badge on. Yeah. I love that. We haven't done that before. That's my next level. That's what I'm going to do now. <laughs> I refuse to take it off. And there's photos of me. This is true. After celebration two, like weeks later, and I was still wearing my badge. Oh my gosh. It's like a security blanket. I didn't, I just didn't want to give up on the dream. I was, because <laughs> mentally I was still at Celebration 2. So it, it was, it was a fashion accessory oh for gosh. me. And I was like, I'm, I'm still, I refuse to take this thing off because I'm still there. Save the rebellion, save the dream. <laughs> you were just living the Sagarera mindset. <laughs> we, we're usually pretty uh, psycho about it in the hotel room now too where it's like when we go to sleep okay where are you putting your badge it's in the front pocket of the backpack i'm wearing tomorrow like we do, we verbalize it to each other many times it's aggressive <laughs> it is but again the lowest of lows in 2017 multiple i mean okay this is this is the i think the worst for me with losing my badge in 2017 is After we didn't get into the 40th panel, which is like a whole tragedy, right? So the next day, some friends we had made in line 
because in that uh, celebration, you could go at like 6 a.m. to get wristbands that were like left over from the overnight lines or like for the other panels throughout the day. And the people we had befriended in line, we had all planned to go the next morning at 6 a.m., get new wristbands for that day, yada, yada, yada. They call us at 6.30, like, where are you? We're still in bed. It was awful. We, like, hightail it out of the hotel room in our pajamas, speed in the dark to a celebration convention with our badges. We get to the front. I'm not wearing mine. It's not on my neck. It's gone. (laughs) It's... (laughs) Awful. So I start walking back in the line, tears in my eyes to all these other people at 6.30 in the morning going, have you seen a badge? Have you seen a badge on the ground? (laughs) It was the worst thing in the world. But thank God it had fallen off in the car. So it was like in our car. But I walked that whole line twice asking people if they'd seen a badge on the ground. And I think this was either the second or third time I had lost my badge that trip. And it just... I was so mad. And to the point where I, <laughs> I, I think I, and it's, I'm sympathetic about this. I feel like at the point, just at 6 a.m., it was just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Um, it was awful. Yeah. I, I think that it was just so many things went wrong. And honestly, the 6 a.m. Uh, wristband pickup, are you kidding? I can't believe they did that. I completely <laughs> forgot about that until you just brought that up. <laughs> crazy. Was that was crazy. But, yeah. Yeah, many tears shed. Many tears shed over badges specifically. So I think we might sleep with our badges this year. Yeah, that's yeah, a that's great a really idea. good tip. Real good tip. <laughs> I think I've fallen asleep with my hand on it, like a, to like like protect my most precious thing. <laughs> but it's true. This is the most. It's so important to have it. It's not like 2017 or before. It's got everything on there, loaded on. Gabe, what do you think? Do we have a celebration philosophy? I think we, I think we do, and it's kind of evolved over the years. But I, yeah, I think it's similar to what you said as far as knowing why you're there, and that can change from day to day. But I think if you're going to go to panels, you got to kind of plan a little differently than if you're just going to wander, because you know we'll have a day maybe. You know, in the past, like Sunday was like, well, Sunday we're not going to worry about going to the to the exhibition floor to the dealers on you know the first two days because we there's all these panels we want to go to and we're going to be in panel mode but then on that sunday it's like well we're just going to go we're not planning on going to anything we're just going to wander around and kind of see where the day takes us and i think knowing what kind of day you want to have before you get there kind of dictates how you plan for that day because if you just want to show up and kind of see how things go you probably won't end up in any panels and you might regret that decision yeah, and I think that the go with the flow is really important too, because I think we sometimes have been like, okay, we're going to go to this panel, and then we're going to go to that panel, and then we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And then we get stopped looking at the most ridiculous junk vendor or something <laughs> or some weird things. Yeah, and that's kind of where yeah, you really do have to, if you're like all about panels, and that's like your thing. You kind of have to let people that you know know that too. Like, hey, I can't talk to you. I got to get to the panel or I'm going to miss it. Because, you know, it, it is almost like you either go with the flow and see where it takes you or you really kind of have to be diligent. And there's nothing wrong with being diligent and telling, you know, you might run into some friends and be like, I can't talk to you right now because I got to get to the other side of the convention center because I'm trying to get to this panel. But, have a goal, I guess, if anything, and go with the flow is totally a goal. Cause even with panels too, cause we've run into some of the best 
panels we've been to kind of on a whim because we maybe missed something and we're, you know, in one part of the convention center and Hey, what's going on over here? Let's just walk over and see. And sometimes that ends up being an even better decision than, than something you would have planned. I think going into celebration now for us, it's like having a short list of these are the, the one or two, maybe three things that if I don't get to do it, I'll be sad about it. Everything else I think is kind of icing on the cake in my mind. Um, but I think going in like, like you were talking about, it's important to know why you're going. Are you there to go to panels? Are you there to meet online friends? Are you there to do shopping and like the merchandise and collecting and stuff like that? Are you there for some other completely different reason? And I think knowing that, having it spelled out for yourself in your head will make it easier when you do have to have those conversations with people of, I really want to spend time with you, but like, I'm, I gotta go to this thing, this booth, this panel, whatever it is. Because honestly, like you're spending a lot of money to be there we've been waiting for this for three years. Make sure you're going to do those things that you'll be sad if you get home and you didn't get to do them. You know what I mean? Um, and no one's going to fault you for that. Well, and if you're there all four days too, it's like you don't have to do everything the first day. And yeah. especially with, you know, the exhibition floor and the dealers, like they're going to be there all four days. So if you need to, you know, push that off because you know, you're just going to kind of get lost in the moment, you know, you, you'll have the time to do it. I do miss the expo day that they offered for Chicago that was like this bonus day that you could walk the floor and get your bearings and meet up with people, but there was no pressure for panels yet. I, I liked that a lot. I know that some people didn't, but for me, it felt like a nice ease into it where I wasn't so stressed about the structure of the convention center or where I needed to go and the the you know the main hall and walking it and seeing all all the stuff for sale. Um, I don't know. I just liked the idea of like getting my bearings a little bit. And I think I'm going to miss that. No, Jason and I kept, we loved that. We were so happy with that too. Like it was so nice. Like you said, to just be there and have no, no pressure, no expectations, just take it all in and get a feel for everything at your leisure. Yeah, it was just really nice. It's it's okay that we don't have it this year, but it, I I definitely think it was something that I enjoyed, and I wouldn't hate if it was like a permanent. If it came up again in celebration, I would actually really enjoy it. <laughs> well, it's just it's so it's sensory overload when you first get there. Honestly, of just yes, Star Wars everywhere. I mean, that's the day we met you guys for the first time, and you guys literally had to stand in front of us to make us stop walking because you had called our names like three times yeah. and we were just too stunned to speak. You're like, Hey, Hey, <laughs> finally. Like, I loved it. Cause you were, you were going past us at like a super high speed, just talking yeah. to each other very closely. And I, and I was just like, Oh, Hey, sky talkers. <laughs> we were just very overwhelmed. I feel like in that very beginning, we we're like, "Oh my gosh, all of our online friends that we've never really hung out with before, but we've spent all this time with talking online and on our each other's podcasts." And it was just suddenly we're all in the same place, and it was great. I'm really glad that that day there was no panels for us to rush off to or have to rush off to because then it, it made that um, acquaintance, I guess, with the celebration experience so much smoother. Well, it was just such a nice way to ease into the craziness of the weekend of just the, the whole point of it all. Like we keep saying that it's, it's really in the end, it's people and the human interactions that really 
resonate the most. And that Thursday was all about that. And that was just a really nice way to start the weekend off. Why did you create Star Wars? What, what made you think about it? You know, I ask myself that every day. Why? You know, um, sometimes I watch the movies. I mean, just was finishing this one, and I, you know, about halfway through, you really do say, what in the world was I thinking about? You know, because they're weird. Let's face it. Um, I did it because uh, I wanted to make a film for young people and I wanted to make a film that was an exciting story that had uh, values and dealt with issues that young people confront and I wanted to make it a lot of fun, something that people enjoyed uh, watching and little did I realize that they would enjoy it so much and so I've spent the rest of my life doing it. So let's start at the beginning of each day in the morning. It's a question that always comes up with people. What time should they get there? What time should they get to Celebration? Now, if there's like an early morning panel, like the the Lucasfilm Showcase or Mando or Bad Batch or whatever's going on, that that question has already been answered. But if you, let's say you don't get into one of those panels and you just start going to go into the Anaheim Convention Center and go with the flow, what has been your experience? What would you recommend with when should people get there and how do you do that? Well, my perspective on this is yes, correct. If you have an early panel that you have won a lottery to go into, you should go directly there and that's separate from this. But my perspective, and this is me personally, is that celebration is the best time ever and the days go by in a flash. So as soon as you're, you can like mentally, physically get there, you should probably soak it in as much as you possibly can. But of course, like keep your own health in mind for that. Like if you're exhausted from the night before, you don't need to get there at 9 a.m. Um, but you can get there right when the 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 floor opens, which I think is at 10 a.m. now, right? Like 10, 1030. Um, and I think that's that's totally fine. But if I I just I'm just someone who like if I look back on the day, I would be sad that I like squandered it or something based off of I arrive at like 2 p.m. or something. Um but I know that some people are going to be tired from the night before and like stay up all night and everything like that. So, and I totally get that. And I'm probably going to be the same way. Um, but it's just dependent, I guess, on your own physical health and mental health and how you feel about that day. But personally for me, I like to soak in as much time that celebration is open possible. I don't know if that's just me. What about you guys? What do you think? Yeah, I would say, I mean, if you're able to and rested enough you can never really get there too early because then it's the cool thing too it's like if you get there early and you're just waiting in line outside that's still star wars celebration like the person next to you in line is probably dressed up in a costume they shouldn't be wearing standing outside in line because it's gonna melt or something and you're you know you're meeting new people you're talking to people it it's the party starts outside so 
yeah, it really is, like you said, if you're capable of going early, you're just going to get more out of the day. I don't think you need to show up at like 6 a.m., okay? But I think that you, maybe I'm wrong about that in, ca- in case you want an exclusive, but that's never been my experience with celebrations. So maybe I'm not the best person to ask for this, but um, I think that you're right. The line situation and talking with people around you is just the best experience ever. And it sounds weird to say that if you've never been to celebration, but it is so fun to talk one-on-one with people that you have never met before about anything with Star Wars. And it's like, it's amazing to have a constant conversation starter of celebration of your interest in Star Wars, what you're most excited about. It's really, really fun. I know something that we've kind of done for all the recent ones we've gone to is we've always kind of given it like a half hour, like let's get there like a good half hour after the door opens. If we're not going to like an early morning panel, if we can eat breakfast and enjoy our coffee and stuff in the morning, I mean, in Chicago we had to do the buses and stuff, but with Anaheim in the past in Orlando and what we're kind of planning with this one, it's like get up, have breakfast Get there about a half hour after it opens so that crazy rush of a line in the morning, those people are kind of inside if they're going to the the celebration store or whatever they're going there for. Like, yeah, if there's like some merch exclusive that they're getting there for that day, they're already inside. So you're not kind of getting there with that huge line of people and kind of starting your day with that. It's it's like what we were saying with like the Thursday in Chicago of just kind of being able to ease into it because it's a chaotic day and it's, it can easily be overwhelming in there. We're looking at some potential long nights with Disneyland and like after parties and stuff. And it's, it's nice to have just like a little bit of calm in the morning before you go into the crazy. I think that's really good advice. I also think watching how the lines are handled uh, from a logistics standpoint to kind of help how you're going to plan the next day too, because day one is always, I think is going to be chaotic kind of no matter which way you slice it, no matter what time you get there, just because it's the first day, all the security is getting used to the people coming through all of their like line organization. How is it working? How is it not? I find that, day one is always going to be, you're always going to be in a line longer than you think you will be. But then days two and three and four, sometimes they change things around, what entrances they're using. I don't know. I think kind of keeping tabs on the logistics of entering celebration is important too. And that kind of helps you plan how leisurely you can be exactly the next morning. But I think waiting that like half hour or so is is really smart. It is true because if you do have the flexibility of, you know, well, I can kind of get there whenever there is that sweet spot that forms after the first day or two where you get there after the initial rush, but early enough that you're still there at the beginning, but you don't have to wait in line. Yeah. You just walk in or you figure out which door is the door that people don't go in and you go to that one because that's happened too, where there's for whatever reason, everyone goes to the, the main door and there's actually like two other doors around the side that are extra doors that people just didn't realize were there. Yeah. Well, in um, in 2017, they the first day they famously only had one door, or not 2017, yeah, 2017, they only had one door open on the first day to let people in, and it was chaos, absolute chaos. It was on the news. It was 
It was awful. Um, I remember my parents texting me being like, are you in that? And I'm like, yeah. what are you watching? They're watching the local news in Atlanta, Georgia. Like, that's not good. That's when you rough. know. The, the next day, they had completely changed the whole infrastructure of getting in. And, and I don't think, I don't think Celebration will ever make that mistake again. So I don't want to, um, scare anyone about, um, you know, the next couple of weeks when we all get to Anaheim. But that to me, I was like, it was about keeping tabs on, on what, how things were going to be different the next day and how we could, um, make our experience better. Was it, did you tell your parents, don't worry, I wasn't in that line because I was sleeping on the concrete inside the <laughs> convention center. Yeah. Basically. No, no, no. I was sitting on the side of the road waiting for a taxi cab to come back because I had left my phone in the taxi cab after sleeping on the concrete floor. Um, so that's what I was doing. No, we're like not even scratching the surface of how many mistakes we've made. I know it sounds like a lot that we're saying, but this is really uh, the beginning. This is really the beginning. We're, we're like, we're, we just named like, Three, we have maybe like 20 different mistakes that we made. <laughs> and they're all like this. They're all really bad. Yeah. yeah. Charlotte was in that line. I was not in that line because, again, I had left my phone in the taxi cab and was waiting for him to come back and bring me my phone. Oh, I was in I was in the line because I gave Caitlin my phone and no one would let me yeah. use the phone. It was just an absolute mess. It's not even worth airing on the podcast, okay? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but anyway. I I got in. I got in by walking confidently through an entrance. I'll just leave it at that. So I actually didn't have to stand in that line, but um see that's was, that's where the walking confidently really comes in. Yeah. Um that's an extreme example, but I really think that if you actually follow the tips, like know why you're going to be there, the badge check, go with the flow and be healthy and well-fed and drink lots of water. It will, it will yield into walking confidently and having the Mm -hmm. best time, you know? Yeah. Well, we touched on it with the early morning stuff, but let's talk about the next part of the whole experience, the panels. Managing panels, managing panel expectations. We already kind of talked about that. Which panels have caught your eyes besides like the big ones, of course? What's your experience with big panels versus small panels? I don't know. What what kind of advice would you give with all of that? Well, I have to say I'm very much looking forward to the panel that you're on that was featured on (laughs) StarWars.com. I wanted to mention that. (laughs) So that's the panel that I'm looking forward to a lot. But I think for our expectations for the panels is usually Caitlin and I find that the smaller or like the not A plus or E ticket panels are the best ones. It's, it's really interesting. I, for Caitlin and I, the animation panels are like far, um, by far our favorite panels that we've ever been to. It's the ones that elicit the most emotion in us, I think. Right, Caitlin? Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, the reason for that is that I feel like the animation panels aren't actually on the main stage so that those pan- panels actually feel smaller. The people on the stage are excited to talk about their work more. There's more, um, uh, there's, there's a genuine feeling of excitement to be there that I don't know if you fully get on the bigger, huger panels that everyone will always be talking about. Um, 
there's a sense of just intimacy and person personality, I guess, with those panels. And I think that trickles down into the smaller panels, which Caitlin and I actually haven't ever really been to any smaller panels, the fan run ones that are just a huge hallmark of Star Wars celebration. But we don't have a lot of experience in that just because we just didn't have time. And it's a major regret of Caitlin and I's actually that we've never done that before. I mean, I guess we've done some, but not in a... Not as many as we want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't prioritize them in the way that I would now and am going to going forward just because that's kind of what I'm most interested in in Star Wars these days is uh, those smaller, more intimate um, stories about why you connect with Star Wars and those behind-the-scenes tidbits that you only get here, really. Yeah, because I would think we didn't really appreciate how good the fan panels were initially either. I almost think we kind of, you know, stumbled into one at one point and 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 realized, wow, this is great. And then we kind of started paying more attention to the to the smaller panels, you know, buried down in the schedule a little bit and realizing just how much good stuff there is hidden in there. Yeah, and like you were saying, they are they have an more intimate feeling they're usually about more niche subject matters and you're just in there with a small group of people it's like a wellspring of like star wars love you know that you're in just with this smaller group talking about a smaller subject and you just you're you walk out and you just feel great well it's like you're in a room with someone who's pretty much the same as you they're a fan just like you but they kind of took the extra step and put in a little extra work to present something that is important to them in in star wars or is interesting to them when i know like for us it was super duper inspiring too of oh this person is so well researched and so passionate and this is just such an interesting topic and we talked about that again in our celebration two episode of the, one of the neatest things about Celebration is it inspires people to do more with their fandom. It inspires people to get creative with their fandom because you're just surrounded by all this fan-centric stuff. And, you know, it's very easy to walk away from Celebration and be like, I need to do something. I need. That's how Blast Points got started, where we went to Anaheim in 2015 and walked away being like, boy, we got to do something. I think so many people have that experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's amazing. And that you get that feeling in those little fan panels. And so, yeah, I. it's like no matter what your area of interest in Star Wars is, probably you can go through that schedule and find something. Like we went to the collector stage for the first time a couple times in Chicago and they were re- those panels were ridiculous and hilarious and weird and goofy. And then we'd go to some fan panels that were like super duper serious and emotional and in depth. And there's just a little bit of everything of kind of the whole star Wars spectrum available to people out there in the little panels. Yeah. Well, and the fan panels kind of keep everything honest in a way too, where it doesn't just completely turn into, you know, professional hype for some product that's coming out which you know things can veer in that direction from time to time but the fact that there are these 100 percent fan put together presentations that that kind of you know balance it all out to where it is just this kind of full 
range of experiences. And I think what's so great now too is that being in the Star Wars community online and stuff, so many of these people we know or have interacted with online and are friends. So it's just, it's so nice to see them, like we've been saying in real life, talking about this thing that they're so passionate about on this stage and just seeing, seeing them do their thing in person. It's so cool. And it's like, wow, there's just, the galaxy, the fandom galaxy is so wide and so vast and there really is something for everyone. It's really unlike anything else. So we talked a lot about the small panels. As far as the big panels go, if you do the lotteries and you can only get into one, which one is the one that got your eyes on the most? Oh my gosh. What a question. I think that, honestly, I think the Lucasfilm Studios Showcase, I in terms of that one, I feel like our minds are going to be blown for that. And it's, I just feel like they haven't talked about the, uh, like so many shows that and shows and movies and things in a long time, like we're stuck in this marketing schedule, I guess, of like six week lead time before a new show or something. And the last time we heard about like pending projects was the, um, the like insane Disney plus shareholders meeting situation <laughs> that happened during the, in, in 2020. So I feel like we're due for an update and I think something great is going to come from it, but it's quite mysterious to me. So I'm looking forward to that. I know it's a little like marketing heavy, I, I guess I'm going to, I'm sensing that that's going to be similar almost to what they did way back when during the, like the beginning of the pandemic. That's that's what I would choose. It's tough because there's so much good stuff, but I think I'm going to pick the Attack of the Clones 20th anniversary because as much as I want to be in the other ones and see you know what's up with Lucasfilm or what's up with Mando Plus, I'll learn that stuff eventually. But there's it's only going to be the Attack of the Clones 20th anniversary once. So I think if I had to pick one, that would be the one that I pick. And maybe there'll be another cell phone video from Lucas in a airport or restaurant or wherever he was. Maybe he recorded <laughs> the Attack of the Clones one at the same time as the Phantom Menace one, and they've just been saving it. I'm, gonna, I'm also going to say Attack of the Clones because you're right. It's like that's that's the only time this is ever going to happen. <laughs> I think something to note about this celebration is the fact that it's in Anaheim, California, close to Hollywood, it really increases the amount of people that could possibly show up at a panel or at celebration just in general, um, just based off of proximity. Like Chicago wasn't really like that and Orlando can be like that, but it's really not. And I think that it's just, it's really close if people live there. So you never know what's going to happen. I'm talking about Natalie Portman kind of specifically <laughs> here. But, <laughs> but I'm also talking about like George Lucas too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. So I, I would say Attack of the Clones, number one, probably because, yeah, I mean, Phantom Menace panel was amazing. But Attack of the Clones is even more special than Phantom Menace. I want to see just what that is like. I want to hear what is talked about. The thing that intrigues me with the Lucasfilm panel is it's called the Lucasfilm panel, not Star Wars. And so that really gets me thinking, well, what 
are we going to hear about that? Because, you know, are we, is it Willow? Is there indie? Is there Lucasfilm things we don't even know about? But like you said, Gabe, we're going to hear about it. We're going to hear about all of it. An Attack of the Clones panel, it might just be funky enough where just what is talked about in there, if we don't make it in, we might never know. Well, that's why I keep thinking about the Phantom Menace one, too, and it's like there wasn't any, like, really jaw-dropping thing we didn't expect, but just the fact that it existed, there was a panel, and, and we got to be there, and, yeah, we got a cell phone video from George Lucas. Like, I, I wouldn't trade that for, for the world, so I don't I don't want to miss that. Charlotte, I think you got to switch to the Attack of the Clones panel with us. Yeah, I think so too. I think are we collectively choosing the Attack of the Clones panel? We're just we're collectively choosing the Attack of the Clones panel. <laughs> well, I think there's also um I I don't know. I think that I I think that you're so right about the room energy and that's kind of what we're gravitating towards here is that we want to be in a place where the room energy is um unreplicable on a live stream, I guess, and or like a, a recording or through someone's cell phone or something like that. And I think you're so right that the Attack of the Clones panel will probably be that one. Well, related to panels, let's talk about the lottery system. We, we, we briefly touched on it before. It stresses a lot of people out. As of recording this, it hasn't happened yet. It's going to happen. I think we're all kind of dreading it because it's it's stressful. And a lot of people get really upset when they don't get into the panels that they applied for. And they're like, why am I going? Is it too late to refund my ticket and all that stuff? What kind of advice, having gone through Chicago, all of us, would you have with managing just that stress and the fear and all the stuff that comes with the whole lottery experience? So I have a good one. You may be so exhausted that if you get into like the overflow room and you watch the panel on a TV in a room with people, a few years later, you might not remember that you weren't in the real room. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's kind of how my memories of the 40th anniversary are. I know I wasn't really there, but in my memory, I was in the big room because I can't tell the difference <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I bet we were in the same room. <laughs> it, 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 there was a lot of energy there too. And I feel I feel the same way. It's so interesting. Um, I think that there's no denying that signing up for the lotteries and then like crossing your fingers as those emails come in about what you got and what you didn't get is stressful. But I just, my, I don't, I know this isn't like maybe the most helpful thing to say, but it will work out. You know, you'll figure out something that is better or you'll figure out a way to watch that panel that you didn't get into in a different scenario and you'll use your time elsewhere and that time will be well spent and you're going to find something really nice to do. Um, and it will be initially disappointing, but hopefully the panel, like the, what you didn't get into happens long before you arrive in Anaheim, California and you it's out of sight, out of mind. And now you just have a plan and you can start making plans. And for me, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that because then we can really start making plans. Like, I, I, there are things that I know we're not going to be able to get into. Like, I just know it. The ones that I want to go to are going to be there or like maybe the Attack of the Clones one is going to have a super long line and I'm not going to be able to do it. It's, there's going to be things that don't happen, whether it's a panel lottery or not. And I just now have to tell myself that it's okay. 
it, it will work out. Something, whether you, whether you get into the panel or not, something will present itself that is just as shiny, just as amazing. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get into the Rise of Skywalker panel in 2019, but we had the f- most fun time at the Star Wars show stage that morning, just goofing around with people standing there. It was a completely different energy and vibe. But right, Gabe, we were just just goofing. It was delirious in there. Just people, th- there was people screaming and crying in front of us and just hugging random strangers and high-fiving and stuff. It was just silly. Well, and that's another one because we were in a room with, you know, what, a thousand people crammed together watching a big TV in my memory. I thought we were in the room with the real people. Like, I can't tell the difference. The energy. It's all about the energy. And that it, that is so fun to watch a panel on the Star Wars show stage. Or, like, here's another thing. If they do it, because they haven't, by the, at the time of recording, they haven't announced if they're going to do a live stream. I just, I really hope they do, because it is really special. But they bring, say this, you're really looking forward to seeing a celebrity in person. They bring that same celebrity over to the Star Wars show live stage on the main floor. And there's a chance, there's a possibility that you could see them in person in another scenario. You just never really know. Or like for us, we went to a panel about um, Forces of Destiny before Forces of Destiny launched. It was a small panel. And Daisy Ridley showed up and it was a surprise and we didn't get to go to the Last Jedi panel in 2017. We didn't get to see any of that. And it was still really cool to be so close to Daisy Ridley as a surprise. You just never know what's going to happen. And I don't think that we didn't know that was going to happen, but stuff like stuff like that, those little nuggets, those little like moments of joy of sort of like big, big celebrities or small celebrities, uh, you never... I don't know. It just, it happens. Things happen and it's just as delightful. And I know a big thing for us, especially in Chicago, I think it was the first time where we really used the app and the panel scheduling tool on the app. Again, in the time of recording, the app hasn't come out yet. It will eventually. But I know that was a great thing to have just kind of in your pocket of, What's going on? And Gabe and I would, in the morning, just kind of be like, okay, what's our plan today? Hypothetically, what do we want to do? And we would kind of coordinate our schedules. So at any given time, we'd be like, okay, what time is it? What could we do? What do we feel like doing? Let's go with the flow. Well, and the other thing with the app, once they kind of got the the bug sorted out too, was that you could schedule a time for the official store ahead of time. And that ended up, for all the trouble they had early on, it ended up being completely painless. And it was one of the first times we actually just kind of really went to the store because the store was always like, okay, well, we're going to, you know, do we want to spend a day waiting in line to get into the store? And they actually, you know, eventually got that working really well with the app. Which you can predict at the store for Anaheim is going to be chaotic in the beginning. And yeah, use, use the app, schedule a time, don't stress about it. They probably have enough stuff in there. When you get in there, they're probably going to have what you're looking for. I know we didn't get in there, Gabe, until like, what, Saturday or Sunday or something? And they had everything we were looking for. Yeah, I think that was one of the best takeaways from the app, honestly, was the the store reservations. Because you would spend the entire day in line for the store before. Yeah, but that's that's another good point, too, of like expect 
there to be problems maybe the first day, but don't let them get to you because they'll figure them out and you're there for, you know, if you're only there the first day, okay, yeah, that's, that's a different story. But if you're there for more than one day, just be patient. They'll work all the bugs out and, and everything will, will be working fine by the second day. I think if that's one thing Celebration is good at, it's that even if there are hiccups on the first day, they are really good about quickly resolving them, I think. Like every Celebration has kind of had speed humps. Like in 2017, it was the one entrance. In 2019, it was the app and getting the lotteries and everything worked out. But they always worked out in the end. And they, you know, went back to the drawing board if they needed to on certain things for day two. And we're always really great, I think, about really trying to address problems as best they could as they came up. Here's a topic. Autographs, photos. Have either of you ever done autographs, photos? What's your experience been like that? Gabe and I, we've never really done it before. Have you ever done autographs, photos? Because for many people, that is a huge part of the celebration experience. Yes. Um, So I have. And Caitlin has too. We did in 2010, we met and did autographs with Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill. And it was an incredible experience. But we set out like three hours of our day, maybe four hours of our day for each of those. Um, and we needed that time. And uh, I think we could, I could say the same thing about um, how it was in 2017. I did a photo and an autograph with Hayden Christensen. And it took forever. Um, I don't want to scare anyone away from this. It's just Caitlin mentions that you have to have like a lot of grace with these lines and things like that. And the same is could be said for the line situation and the, for autographs and photos. Autographs moved a lot like f- more like formulaic than photos for me. But I hear that that's sometimes the opposite. Um you should probably allot like an hour, hour and a half um, per if you're doing a photo, if you're doing a um, a an autograph. It's it just takes a little bit in the line, and you just have to be kind of alert about the line too, because the way that the um, photos and the autographs all happen is in a back corner, basically in the convention center, which sounds kind of weird, but it's true. There's like a whole booth section of all these different celebrities who are signing or doing photos and they each have an old, an individual area. And sometimes that area, it doesn't fully fit all of the people waiting in line for them. So that line sprawls out a long ways and um, it can just be a little chaotic right when you arrive there, but they'll figure it out eventually. And yeah, you just need to allot some time for it. Um, like if you're, if, if your photograph is at 11, you should expect to not actually have a photo at 11. It should probably, it would probably be at like 1145. Um, and that's just kind of how it is. Uh, some, and I'm, I'm actually speaking of from like the bigger celebrities too. the smaller ones are, um, a lot faster, but this specific line, it was the first time Hayden Christensen was at like signing and doing photos at celebration. So, um, it was a high demand situation with a lot of pressure. So, um, that was, that was really crazy, but that's sort of my experience overall with doing the autographs and photos. We're not doing any this year. Um, honestly, purely because I think we're more interested in the panels of it all and like meeting people. But, um, it's an amazing experience and it is super cool. Um, I'm so glad I did it, but yeah, it does take a little bit of time and you should be prepared for that. 
Yeah, my uh, my autograph experience was was really twenty only twenty ten is really when I've done it, and it was very different. I think back then it was a smaller celebration. So even though we allotted a lot of time for it, it was still I feel like the process was still pretty seamless, but it still took a chunk of time. But I haven't done it since. <laughs> so I really just have my experience of waiting for Charlotte to tell me what it was like to meet Hayden Christensen. <laughs> special. It was real special. Yeah. <laughs> In case you were wondering. <laughs> now, besides the celebration store, which we talked about, another huge part of the floor is the vendors. You naturally spend a lot of time just browsing around, looking at all kinds of stuff. What kind of advice would you have for going booth to booth, checking out vendors. What, what's your experiences with that been like? It's so fun. There are so many treasures, <laughs> just the most random things that you could possibly imagine are there. And also the best artwork too. Some of the coolest Star Wars artwork is at Star Wars Celebration. It's so fun. I know Charlotte in particular has gotten a lot of really cool art pieces from Star Wars Celebration, but... I think um, I think you guys had it written down in the notes too, but uh, if you like it, you should buy it then and there. You probably shouldn't wait, especially if it's one of a kind, not you know, not something you've seen very often or ever before. You should just go ahead and get it. Did you guys happen to go buy the Ralph McQuarrie original artwork booth in Chicago? Oh yeah, oh yeah. The way I regret not spending all of my savings on a single thing, I think about this all the time. We talk about it every day. And he's not coming back. Like, that's not happening again. We've we've heard. And, And I think this is the perfect example of, like, that was such a cool booth. There was, again, I just want to share for the people who aren't aware, there was original Ralph McQuarrie artwork from Star Wars, like concept art (laughs) that you could purchase. There was like sketches from like big and small. There was a lot there and uh, we passed it up and (laughs) regret it every day. (laughs) A a very similar one in Chicago. We, on Thursday, we found this itty bitty little booth, like the size of a closet that looked like they had set everything up for us to go into because literally there was a massive (laughs) caravan of courage poster hanging in the back. It was beckoning you guys. (laughs) Like a siren song. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, we were like, Oh dear, look at that. It's the first time we ever saw it. The Japanese toy for Sparky, George Lucas's little buddy from the the Panasonic commercial. And we were like, oh, my God, it's a Sparky just sitting there. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And then, Gabe, right, we found the Rebel Force Band LP. Yeah, the Living in These Star Wars album. And I was like, oh, it'll be there later. And it it wasn't. (laughs) Like, we went back there on, I think, Friday. I want to say, like, Gabe, you were like, I'm going to go get that Rebel Force Band record and we went back to that booth and the giant ewok poster was gone sparky was gone the rebel force band lp was gone cleared out nightmare nightmare it is the nightmare situation that that is always the dilemma because it is you know at conventions and things like this it's not like you go to target and there's a price you know you can haggle on everything and and if you're patient and you're confident no one else wants that treasure if you go there on sunday 
they're probably going to, you know, give you a better deal because they don't want to have to pack the stuff back up and, and bring it back home. So you're kind of always weighing your options of, you know, do I really want this or do I want a good deal? And, but like you said, yeah, with the Macquarie stuff, you know, have a plan of if this is something that I'm going to regret for the rest of my life, just do it the first day and be done with it because yeah, it might not be there again and it might not be there the next year. Cause some of this stuff is, you know, stuff they don't make anymore. So I, I regret it so much. And I think that also it's tough because you don't want to be like schlepping a big item that you bought to like a panel that you're running toward to in like 15 minutes. And what are you going to do? Especially in Chicago when your hotel, our hotels were like so far from the convention center. So it was, it was like, okay, I'm going to have this for the rest of the day and it's going to be in my, all my photos. <laughs> it's just going to be there. So I'm going to pass on it until I have the means and the ability to buy that later. And it it's, then it's passed. There's no more time. It's yeah. over. The show's over and you regret it forever. <laughs> so don't be like us. <laughs> and that's one nice thing though with Anaheim that uh, pretty much probably all of us, our hotels are walking distance. It is much more of an option where I'm going to buy this thing and I'm literally going to go run back to the hotel, put it in our room and come back. I think one thing that I was going to bring up later that this is probably a good time to bring it up is my favorite tip I ever heard about celebration is from our friend Savannah, our mutual friend here, um, Savannah, who told us on one of our first podcast episodes to bring a collapsible like portable poster tube with you to celebration every day and it's because you're going to buy artwork but mostly it's because if you go to any of those big panels you're going to leave there with a special collectible poster and what are you going to do you're going to let it get all dinged up all day while you're walking around the convention center no you just put it in your poster tube and then you carry it around for the rest of the day. And some of you can get them on Amazon for like the ones that have like a little strap or fit nicely into your backpack or something. And I find, I don't know. I feel like this is my favorite tip because it just makes so much sense. Because then you, I, we've all been stuck with like a collectible poster and you're just holding it, creasing it and picturing what it would have looked like if it was perfectly framed on your wall. But now it's not because you've like folded it in half or like, it's just not good. You need a poster too. <laughs> it's like badge check, phone check, poster check. We got to grab it all. Exactly. <laughs> My hands are always getting sweaty because I'm in some panel and I'm starting to get excited. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sweating all over this poster. Yeah. That too. That's not good. <laughs> you know, talking about Anaheim and like being able to go back to the room makes me think of uh, a topic yeah, that we were going to bring up a little bit later. But I think it's something interesting to consider for people who maybe went to Chicago or even went to Orlando and haven't been to a convention at the Anaheim Convention Center before, at least in 2015, there were food trucks all around that long, long walkway to get to the Anaheim Convention Center. And there's picnic tables. And it's got a completely different vibe of like this outdoor kind of street party going on outside celebration that was not at Orlando and was definitely not at Chicago. Well, it's also that even if the food trucks aren't there, there are places to eat relatively close to the convention center if you walk outside, which was not necessarily the case in Chicago. And even in Orlando, I feel like we had to walk a couple blocks to get to a restaurant. 
And in Anaheim, yeah, everything's kind of, there's enough stuff just in that block right around the convention center that if you're okay going outside and leaving the convention center, you can, you can find stuff to eat. And there's like a, there's a CVS, like there's a Walgreens, like if you need Advil or something, or you need just something in a pinch, there's places you can go that are walking distance and there's places that aren't like sit down restaurants. There's places where you can just walk in, get something quick and fast and get out. Yeah. The, the food situation at the Chicago convention center was not it. Abysmal, abysmal (laughs) to the point where like we didn't eat that much and then we were just so busy and don't be like us definitely eat and bring sandwiches and snacks and things like that. But it was, it's so expensive and it is uh, like the convention food, at least in Chicago it was. It was so expensive and so bad. It was so bad. Well, I, I remember because all, all of us were in the the stadium for the, the day of panels during the blizzard <laughs> where they like let you in and we all just stayed there for the whole day. But then you couldn't leave and they only, what the food options were like soft pretzels and stale popcorn remember that we, we were all eating pretzels <laughs> together it was awful yeah. it was awful um it was so bad but i'm so i'm this this aspect of anaheim i'm so looking forward to because i remember people talking up the food trucks non-stop after 2015 celebration mm-hmm. so i i'm gonna be personally so sad <laughs> If there are watch there not be food, food trucks, trucks right? If there's like two food trucks. <laughs> um, no, but, one food truck is gonna be okay. Like if there's at least one, no, I'm gonna be no, like, no, okay, no, no, the no. Food truck. One food truck is not gonna be okay. You know how long that line's <laughs> gonna be? I know we're saying like it's okay to wait in lines, but I don't wanna wait in one line for one singular food truck with the rest of Star Wars celebration. I do ironically draw a line there. Um, <laughs> we'll have to find something else. But <laughs> You can bring snacks too. We we bring snacks in our bag too. Um, so I feel like in celebration we did love off, live off of pop tarts um, and like the yeah. I feel like pop tarts were the big thing that we usually bring to celebration. Yeah, we're, we're big on the snacks too because we generally try to eat a big breakfast and then bring a snack and then we eat a big dinner and we don't even try to deal with a lunch throughout the day because sometimes you can't because that that like your one panel of the day you might really want to go to might be right at lunchtime yeah so true happens every time every single time (laughs) (laughs) so yeah huge i'm a huge proponent of the snacks and i think the big breakfast is necessary the many coffees a day it's just it's needed (laughs) (laughs) it's true save save your money for buying don't buy convention food but you probably have to buy convention coffee exactly Exactly. at least in chicago there was a starbucks which felt luxe in a way (laughs) (laughs) when with the ease of kind of anaheim too and the the difference versus orlando and chicago in that way i think that plays into the kind of celebration after hours discussion too, where from our experience in 2015, it was just really, really nice because there's what the Hilton and what the Marriott that are like right across the street with the convention center. And you see a lot of people online talking about like, well, there's like such and such party going on at this place, but what else is going on? And really 
all you have to do is walk into either of those hotels at any given time in the night, and they are filled with people. And I'm so excited for this because in Chicago, like Charlotte mentioned, our hotel was so far away that I feel like the the Star Wars celebration after hours was not something we got to fully experience. Because yeah, I remember in 2015, right, we would be at like the Hilton or something. And we'd be like, well, let's go see what's going on over at the Marriott. And literally you just walk across like a little courtyard and you walk into the other hotel and you're like, oh, what's going on here? Oh, OK. Well, let's go back over to the Hilton and check that out again. And half the people hanging out in the lobby aren't staying there. They're staying at one of the other hotels, you know, a block away or whatever. And it's, yeah, it's a party in all the lobbies. Which which hotel had the tacos? We ate so many tacos at one of the lobbies because they were just selling tacos in the lobby. Yeah, we went we went into like this lobby and they're like, dollar tacos. And we were like, all right, let's go. And <laughs> it's just shenanigans going on all over the place. And people and like random droids rolling through and stuff. It's just chaos in the best possible way and you're gonna see people that either you know or you're gonna see people that know people you know and you're gonna make friends and it's just it's a big party every night in one of the hotels so yeah if my advice is if you're not going to one of the after parties that is farther away i know there's like bands that are playing and all kinds of crazy stuff going on don't sweat it just go hang out in one of the hotels if you want to do something at night and you're going to have a really good time. So fun. So as we get kind of towards the end, we've covered celebration stuff. We've covered stuff on the floor. We've covered after hours. Stuff you absolutely have to bring to survive. And I think everyone has like their own individual lists. What would you say are some of the things you absolutely have to bring to survive to to be comfortable and not have your feet fall off? The number one thing for Caitlin and I is painkillers, like Advil, Aleve. <laughs> we cannot survive without those, <laughs> truly. We get bad headaches and from stress and it, we would be very, we have been very grumpy people without that. So that's like our number one thing. But also I think that all has to do with water and um, making sure that you're well stocked on things that I mentioned before, like sustenance and snacks and all of that I think is compounded to make sure that you're feeling healthy. Of course this year, like we have to bring, you should probably bring multiple masks so you're never without one and change it every four hours, right? If it's a disposable one, I mean, probably all the time, every four hours. Um, Yeah. I think that for us though, number one thing is painkiller. Gabe, what would you say? I would say definitely shoes and socks are important because it's easy to think, uh, I'll just wear whatever or, you know, I want to have some like cool looking shoes. But really, you're probably going to be walking more than you've walked in probably the last three years, (laughs) unless your job is just walking all day. So definitely paying attention to that, you know, bring extra socks because it it might, it doesn't, it's California, it's probably not going to rain, but it might. And you don't want to be walking around with wet feet all day. Like it, it makes a big difference on how happy the rest of you are based on how happy your feet are. I will double down on that because in Orlando for Christmas, my parents got me like some of those like Star Wars, like goofy socks. I had like socks with like Finn and like a stormtrooper on them. And I had like ray socks and i was like oh this is so cool i'm gonna wear like my ray and bb8 socks or something 
and my feet by the end of or like i was gabe remember i was like in pain <laughs> yeah you were in rough shape <laughs> i was just like i can't i don't know how i'm gonna get home with the bottom of my feet in the shape that they are so don't do that like wear very comfortable socks if you haven't gotten comfortable shoes yet get them now and start breaking them in because it's it's no joke and something i'm thinking of, like a lot of us are doing disneyland and we're used to being inside and the sun, especially at the end of May in California, can be something we're like us castle freaks, cave trolls coming out of our little our little <laughs> holes in the ground. We're not used to this much sun. And so don't get a sunburn right away in Disneyland. No. Wear a hat if you have to. Yeah. Well, I think if you're going to Disneyland a couple of days before... I think something to note is that you should probably take it easy. At least this is my philosophy for Caitlin and I when we go to Disneyland a couple of days before. Because I don't want to be super exhausted for the main event, which is celebration for us. I mean, Disneyland's the best place ever in the world. But I, I think that this trip for us will be less hit the ground running than we ever will. Just because I want to be like healthy and not exhausted by the time Thursday rolls around and celebration just begins. And I think that you can be, there's a lot of standing involved and going to Disney parks and a lot of walking. And you just want to make sure that just, just like you guys mentioned about breaking in your shoes. I think that that should, that's the same advice for if you're going to the theme parks as well, because you don't want to like exhaust yourself or hurt yourself um, based off of that experience before or during celebration. And I would say even too, start getting some extra sleep now. We're all either Midwest or East Coast, and we're going to be watching Obi-Wan Kenobi at technically 3 a.m. our time. Pretty quick into our trip. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so true. I keep like forgetting that tiny detail. <laughs> we're going to be running into like the the time change for all of us kind of head first we're going to be like obi-wan jumping out the window on coruscant with the time change <laughs> and something i always try to do too the day before celebration if you can or the night before have like a day of zen a day of quiet just to kind of mentally get yourself in the headspace of I'm going to be suddenly surrounded by thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I'm going to be overly stimulated for the next four or five days. So I always like to have like that kind of day or evening or whatever time you can give yourself in your schedule of peace and quiet. Yeah. And this year is actually the first year that I'm doing that on the back end of the trip, that when I come home, I'm taking a day off the day after I get home from celebration to just decompress. <laughs> and also you're going to have post-convention depression. Honestly, it's, it's rough. Oh, it is so bad. It's, it's really bad. I remember, I, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, Caitlin, but my flight got canceled out, out of celebration Chicago on the way home last last time because of a blizzard. And I had to stay one more night while Caitlin went home and I remember getting to the hotel and being like, just like sobbing, not for the canceled flight, just, and I didn't even care about the canceled flight. I was happy to just like finally sleep, but I, I, it is, once this event is 
over. I know we just have talked for a while about preparing everything and what you should do, what you shouldn't do and everything. But at the end of the day, this event is the highlight of my year anytime it exists. And the moment it is over, it is so depressing and so sad. So Caitlin, you're a genius for taking a day off after work. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, <laughs> I feel really good about that choice, honestly. Because <laughs> um, I know I'm just going to I'm going to collapse of exhaustion and, but also sadness. Um, but like, it's still, you're still kind of like coming off the euphoria of convention too, of celebration, right? I mean, it's called celebration. We don't go to conventions. We go to celebrations. It's the best thing ever. (laughs) But that's, yeah, you're, that's a real thing. Like that week after is like, you're in a daze. You're, you're tired, but you're also like, yeah, you're, the adrenaline's finally going away and you're getting used to yeah being back in the real world instead of wonderful Star Wars dreamland. And not everyone wants to talk about Star Wars and mm-hmm. it's like, what happened? No, we don't want to talk about my amazing trip or what new Star Wars thing just dropped that's like the whole center of my universe right now. <laughs> what do you mean? So Charlotte and Caitlin, wrapping up. I know we talked about in the beginning, like our celebration philosophies going in, kind of after everything we just talked about, how would you sum up the the mental prep for going into celebration? I think the mental prep really just has to be as much as we just talked about all the things, like I just said, like the do's and don'ts, our philosophy are like tenets of how to do celebration. You really just have to go into it with like the best attitude because it is the best four days ever. And when you go there and just have the best time, I think that I I feel like when I think back on the past hour and a half of us talking about this, I feel like I did, said some scary things about lines and like what not to do. And I feel bad. I feel a little bad about it because all of that still is worth it because it is the best time ever. And if you go into it with a really good attitude, it will be something that you remember for the rest of your life. Yeah, I agree. And I think actually what I was just saying earlier about this is a celebration. It's not a convention, right? I think it's so cool that we we get to call our our nerd convention a celebration, you know? Like It's so cool. Who else is doing so it cool. like us? No one. <laughs> <laughs> it's Star Wars celebration. You're going there to celebrate Star Wars and fandom and community and all of that. So I think at the end of the day, that's the goal. So that's the that's the overarching mindset and philosophy is it's Star Wars celebration emphasis on the celebrate. Well, I know we haven't even talked about it yet, but everybody has to go to the Sky Talkers panel on the podcast stage, right? What what are you planning? What are people going? What what is there a tease of anything that people can expect at the at the Sky Talkers podcast stage? Well, our panel is our podcast stage appearance is on fr- the Friday at three thirty. Um, if anyone is interested in joining us, but the tease, I guess, is we're probably like ninety nine point nine percent probably going to be breaking down the two Kenobi episodes that we will have just gotten. Um, I think that Caitlin and I, in 
20 and 19 had the best time talking through in real time what we just witnessed for the Rise of Skywalker title reveal, the trailer, everything there. It was so electric that we're hoping to sort of do something similar with the Obi-Wan Kenobi show that everyone is looking forward to so much um, and talk about it with everyone there. And, you know, we have some freebies that we're going to be giving away that uh, we're so excited about that. We're not prepared to tease those just yet, but we're really excited about them. Um, they're great. So if you attend those, you'll get like a little pack of fun stuff from us that we've been working on for quite a while. So very excited about that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And uh, in 2019, our when we did our kind of live reaction to the Rise of Skywalker trailer, it turned into this like Q&A from the audience, which was so fun for Charlotte and I. And I think we're kind of, we're kind of hoping, like Charlotte said, to kind of bottle that energy a little bit with Obi-Wan Kenobi and um, doing, yeah, like a live show with, with questions and stuff from the audience in real time. That's, that's kind of what we're hoping. We'll, we'll see what happens, but that's what I think we'd like to do. Well, we can't wait. We were there for the Rise of Skywalker one in 2019, and it was a real highlight of our celebration, and it was just, it was wonderful, and it was great, and we will definitely be there. Cannot wait. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Well, I want to say, too, that with you two, your energy and the way the show is, when you listen to it, it's the same way live, and not everyone can pull that off, and and that's something that's exciting. It is like listening to the show, but you're right in front of us so that's so nice well thank you <laughs> thanks accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. When you get done listening to this, if you like what you heard, go over there, write a little something nice about the show. It helps more people find the show. And most of all, we just love reading all those reviews that you folks write. And make sure you check out our website, blastpointspodcast.com. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you're in the Super Chill Group. And we want to support the show in a different way. We got the Blast Points Army on Patreon. There's so much stuff. 
coming up on the Blast Points Army. His celebration recaps, Kenobi commentaries coming. Eventually, we're going to do something on there for the Disney Gallery for Book of Boba. That was crazy. It's the place to be, and a huge thank you to all the members of the Blast Points Army out there. But yeah, that wraps up this number 311 celebration tips with Sky Talkers. Charlotte and Caitlin, if people for some reason aren't listening to the show and they're crazy, what, how can they fix that? Um, well, thank you guys so much for having us on the show. We absolutely love coming on to talk with you guys. It's, we look forward to it every time. So thank you so much for inviting us. And we are so excited to see you guys in a couple of weeks. <laughs> it's coming up so soon. It's going to be so fun. Um, but if you would like to listen to Sky Talkers, you can find us on any podcast platform or on Twitter. We're at Sky Talkers Pod or our website, skytalkers.com. Well, same. Yeah, I know. We cannot wait to see both of you in person again. It was the great thing with Chicago. Like After we ran into you that first time on Thursday, we kept running into you <laughs> both, which was so fun and awesome. So, yeah, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We've got one more episode of Blast Points before we get into full-blown recording from a hotel room lifestyle for a little bit there you can listen to our voices deteriorate in real time (laughs) (laughs) and yeah next week we'll be joined by another guest who i'm sure you're all very familiar with it's going to be a wild and crazy freewheeling q a session with this guest who could it be i don't know maybe somebody that we talk about a lot we're going to be talking to on a stage in a few weeks So look forward to that, everyone, and thank you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. That was so fun. That was really fun. May the force be with all of you.